This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. God is queer, said a German pastor. You got that right. He said God is queer. He was speaking at a Protestant festival in Germany, Quentin Caesar referenced racism, climate change, and LGBTQ ideology in his sermon. A German pastor has been mocked and condemned for delivering a sermon full of liberal catchphrases, including the assertion that the Christian God is queer. Meanwhile, record numbers of Germans are leaving the church. Speaking to attendees of the Evangelical Church Congress in Nuremberg on Sunday, Pastor Quentin Caesar declared that now is the time to say that black lives always matter, that God is queer, that migrants must be welcome to Europe, among other liberal affirmations. While his speech was met with rapturous applause by the audience, Christians online were perplexed. Why would they be perplexed? Because here is a man in the name of Christ actually demeaning the name of Christ and mocking it. So I ask you a question here today as we launch into today's program, which is going to take many different turns and twists. What does it mean to mock God? What does it mean to mock God? Now be very careful when you try to answer the question. Because your definition of mocking may be different than the Bible's. Your definition of mocking may actually go along with popular ideas. What does it mean to mock God? And is it possible to mock God acceptably? How would you go about mocking God acceptably? You say, well, that sounds like an oxymoron. Well, yes, on the one hand, but after you finish with today's program, you may very well understand why I asked the question, is it possible to mock God acceptably, and how would you go about doing it? So I hope you'll stay tuned. It's conversation, as always, with ever-increasing conviction, talk that transforms. What does it mean to mock God? Well, let's take a look at a number of different uh, thoughts that have come along. An article came out in the World Tribune. When I first read it, I thought, this is a news article. But then when I went back over and started to reread it, it said at the top, satire. But in the satire, it communicated something, a truth, that actually we need to understand viscerally. And here's how it goes. In yet another step, this, by the way, is are the words of a, shall we say, a mocking news article. In yet another step to establish gay stuff as the official state-sponsored religion in the United States, President Joe Biden has signed an executive order instituting the call to gay prayer, ordering it to take place five times every day with everyone facing towards San Francisco. The gay prayer is part of the bedrock of American life, said Biden. Each and every American must now kneel down, face the direction of San Francisco, and recite the gay prayer. You got that, folks? Well, here's the truth of the matter. 
The truth of the matter is that Joe Biden didn't do that. The other truth of the matter is that, in effect, he is doing that. So the satire actually is picking up on the truth of the things that Joe Biden is doing and then, shall we say, uh, accentuating them for satire. But in reality, he's calling every American to bow down and worship a new god, the god of pride, the god of a revised and co-opted rainbow. That's what he's doing. And that's what is happening in our culture today. So is it so strange when a German pastor calls out that God is queer? Isn't that, in effect, what Joe Biden is saying? Isn't that, in effect, what... uh, the various rulings and so on concerning our country are saying, isn't that in effect what Anheuser-Busch was saying? Isn't that in effect what Target was saying? Or any of the other companies that have gone along with that, and even now the Los Angeles Dodgers? Isn't that in effect what they're saying when they're going to launch Pride Day or Pride Week or Pride Month and co-opt the very symbol that God used in his word for salvation from extraordinary evil, never again to punish the world with a flood, when in fact he says he's going to punish the world the last time with fire. Are we mocking? Are we tempting God to do exactly that as the Apostle Jude wrote? That he will destroy the world with fire because of sodomy and homosexuality and all of the things that are accumulating around that? Well, apparently a group of Massachusetts middle schoolers had had enough of it. And so they came through, students at Burlington, Massachusetts, came through their school and destroyed LGBTQ pride decorations and chanted that their pronouns are USA in protest after being asked to wear rainbow-colored shirts to school earlier this month. These students were clad in red, white, and blue. The Marshall Simons uh, Middle School students tore down the declarations lining the hallways and ripped up the pride flag stickers. Well, it was shocking to teachers and others. How dare you do that? In other words, we have established something that should be a given for all, and that is the celebration of lesbianism, homosexuality, sodomy, transsexualism, bisexualism, and all of the other acronyms and, and letters that go with it. So, who should be shocked? Should it be the teachers who fostered and fomented that which was totally and radically contrary to the word, will, and way of God as expressed in the Bible? Or should it be the students and the reaction that they had from the teachers? Which way should the shock go? Well, parents have told local media that their straight children felt forced to participate in the school's Pride Spirit Day and were offended 
They were offended by a Tennessee Williams quote printed on posters that said only lines and streets can be straight and that described the human heart as curved road, a curved road through the mountains. So one parent said, my daughter just said, you know, mom, that's offensive to me because I am straight. Well, what we're seeing here is the struggle between the acceptable offense or mocking of God and those who are trying to see and do see that what is actually happening is, in fact, mocking God and they're not going to be a part of it. Stay tuned, friends. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. Welcome back to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer. We're asking the question today, what does it mean to mock God? And is it possible to mock God acceptably? And what would make it acceptable to mock God, if anything? A new cartoon features non-binary characters and pronoun lunacy. We baby bears... On the Cartoon Network features non-binary characters and discussion of personal pronouns. The Cartoon Network is set to premiere an LGBTQ inclusive episode of We Baby Bears this Saturday, according to GLAAD, the homosexual organization. Is this mocking God? Or is this approved because they can get by with it because there are a large number of people who apparently, including many of our corporations, and the President of the United States who's saying, this is a great thing. This is what it means to be an American. Well, here's a question that I have for you. Has what it now means to be an American become an actual mockery of the God who may have preserved us a nation? A school in Ohio has been warned that its Kachina doll worship lessons are illegal. The fight is over a classroom demand that students make a Kachina doll, which was used by Native Americans as sacred idols. And it's because it fails to follow the requirements of the U.S. Constitution. The law does not support the school's compulsion of student speech under these circumstances, explained a lawyer. Accordingly, the school's decision presents a matter of great constitutional concern for the ACLG, American Center for Legal uh, Justice. The instruction to make the doll interferes with the parent's son's First Amendment rights as a student. Well, is it just the First Amendment we're talking about here? Or is the making of the Kuchina doll actually a mockery of the God who made and preserved us a nation, who said, Thou shalt make no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. 
The report explained the school handout on the project claimed Kachina dolls are a likeness of Hopi spirits, and each Hopi spirit is thought to have special powers, like healing the sick, providing rain for crops, protecting children, and carrying dreams to heaven. In other words, the children were told by the teacher to make a Kachina doll, to give their doll a name, and to write about what special powers their doll had. And to go further, the lesson stated, these dolls were used in ceremonies to teach children about the beliefs of the tribe and the gods. Clearly, they are not toys. So, in the teacher in Ohio demanding that the children make these Kachina dolls and explain what they're for and that they are to ascribe to these dolls certain godlike powers, was this teacher not actually calling upon these students to mock and mimic the God who made and preserved us a nation? In other words, the God of creation. Interesting question. The Democratic Illinois Governor, J.B. Pritzker, promoted several sexually explicit books while signing a bill into law this Monday which allows, which outlaws book bans. Under the bill, any state public libraries that restrict or remove content because it is partisan or doctrinal will not be eligible for state funding. So Pritzker signed the first-of-its-kind bill into law while standing in front of a display of several books, including This Book is Gay, a book that has been described as a how-to guide for LGBTQ community that gives tips on anal sex and hand jobs and gender queer, and a book that contained cartoon images of masturbation and oral sex. So Pritzker said here in Illinois, we don't hide from the truth, we embrace it. Really? So what is it that he is embracing? Is he embracing truth, or is he, in effect, relabeling evil and untruth as truth in direct and open mocking of the God of truth? You see... When we talk about this idea of mocking, we also cannot disconnect it from the whole idea of truth. If there is no truth, then truth can be whatever you want it to be. Therefore, whatever you say it is at any given moment, or whatever the community seems to say it is at any given moment, or whatever the culture seems to say it is at any given moment, or whatever the pastors seem to say it is at any given moment, or the president You see, then the culture itself redefines what it would be to mock. Therefore, if it is mocking, it becomes culturally approvable, acceptable, because it seems that there are enough people out there that will put up with it, and very few will resist. That's where we are. That's exactly where we are. We are at the point of actually celebrating blasphemy, actually celebrating mockery. That's exactly where we are. And so we want to take a look at what this really looks like in terms of the scriptures, because, by the way, I've only gone through 
less than half of the articles that are informed before me here on the the broadcast desk because this is such a big issue and it's coming so quickly it's coming so rapidly that it's like a tsunami an overwhelming flood that is changing everything that people say they really believe now you can say that you believe certain things but if your life is not consistent with it you don't really believe it do you and that's what integrity is about integrity is the actual alignment or congruence with what we say we believe and what we say and do with our lives what we approve what we affirm, what we don't respond uh, to criticize and so on, that defines whether or not we are true believers. Speaking of how true a believer we really are, here's another application. This article came out from the former uh, district uh, DOJ, Deputy Assistant Attorney General Victoria Tensing and former U.S. Attorney for the District of Columbia, Joe DeJoveno. They said yesterday that the Justice Department in America is now so corrupt that the House, that is the House of Representatives, is the only way to seek any kind of recourse for the Biden family's alleged crimes. Well, it's not just for the Biden family's alleged crimes. It's for the crimes that the DOJ itself is committing in lying, deceiving the American people as they did with regard to the working together of the CIA, the FBI, and the Department of Justice with regard to bringing false accusations of Russian collusion with regard to Donald J. Trump. The whole thing was proven false. The Durham report proved it. And the inability of the previous study to prove anything of chargeability also proved it. Perhaps the greatest crime is the injustice of the Justice Department. Maybe it's the collusion of the Justice Department, the CIA, and the FBI, and the President of the United States, the current President, and the former President, Barack Obama, all of whom were together in the meeting in which this plan, this skulldudgerous deceptive plan was announced and and decided. So, was their behavior a mockery of God? Absolutely it was a mockery of God. Do you know why? Because God is a God of justice. And he's a God of truth. And they did exactly the opposite. They used the color of law to deceive the American people and to try to take dominion over and destroy another human being because of their evil intent. So you have a triple mockery of God. 
Now, I want to ask you another question. How long can a patient God of justice put up with this incessant and increasing mockery of everything that describes his character and his truth? How long could he put up with it? How long would you put up with it as a parent? Just asking. Because your kids can do exactly the same thing in your home. They will mock you by refusing to do what you ask them to do or to do exactly the opposite of what they know they should do and are requested to do by you as the head of the home. They're mocking you. This is the reason, friends, why in the Bible, this is hard for us to understand, but in the Bible, it specifically says that children are to obey their parents and the Lord, for this is right. It's the first commandment with promise. Why is that? Because the parent stands in the place of God. The parent is not God, but the parent has the delegated responsibility from God to govern, to rule, to guide, to disciple their children in the honor and respect of God and his ways. So when the children dis what the parents say or do that's in alignment with the word, will, and ways of God... They are, in effect, mocking God himself. That's why the Bible says, very clearly, it says that children that do that on an ongoing basis must be brought before the leaders and stoned. Why is that? Because you cannot allow this spirit of utter and total rebellion and mockery against all that is right, all that is just, against God's authority itself and his delegated authority through uh, parents in on planet uh, t- terra firma cannot allow that or it will destroy everything. You know what? That's exactly where we are, isn't it? I want you to think about it, but not calling here for stoning of kids. Not calling for that, but I'm just telling you what the Bible says and why. Israel was called to be a perfect example to the nations round about of God's word, will, and ways, and the honoring of God and what it would do if a people truly honored God, his word, his will, and his ways, and the consequences the, the blessed consequences that would follow. But then God also said, but if you will not do these things, then all of these other consequences are going to follow. You know what he was saying? He's saying, but if you mock me in refusing to do my will, my word, and my ways, then all these other horrible things are going to happen. Would you like to find out what some of those are? Read the book of Deuteronomy chapter 28. The whole chapter, the first 14 or 15 verses are dealing with the blessings that would flow to Israel if indeed they followed the word, will, and ways of the Lord. The rest of the verses, which are about 40-some verses, actually set forth the whole series of consequences that would ultimately befall them if they did not. In other words, 
the consequences of mocking God. Now, if those would be the consequences to Israel, the apple of God's eye, for mocking him, then what do you think the consequences to the United States of America would be for mocking God in exactly the same ways, or even worse? That's the question that hovers over the balance of our uh, program here today on Viewpoint. Now, to assist us along the way, I want to make available to you my book, Renewing the Soul of America, One Person at a Time, Beginning with You. It has a flag on the front. Did you know this is Flag Day? Our flag is being desecrated, mocked, this very day at the White House. We'll be back. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, under the marriage section, God has marriage on his mind. Chuck has some great resources to strengthen your marriage. First off, a fact sheet on the state of the marital union, a fact sheet on the state of ministry, marriage, and morals. SaveUS.org. Marriage, divorce, and remarriage. What does the Bible really teach about this? Find all of this at SaveUS.org. Also, a letter to pastors, the Hosea Project, SaveUS.org, and many more resources to strengthen your marriage. It's all on Chuck's website, SaveUS.org. Again, you can listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast live and archived. Save America Ministries website at SaveUS.org. Today is Flag Day. Americans should be putting out their flags, red, white, and blue. The American flag, and I was born on this day. I was born on Flag Day. That's not what makes me a patriot. I'm a patriot because I love the God who made and preserved this nation. That's exactly what the author of our national anthem said there in Baltimore Harbor when he penned, Oh, thus be it ere when free men shall stand between their loved homes and the war's desolation. Blessed with victory and peace, may this heaven-rescued land praise the power that has made and preserved us a nation. That was the the, uh, name of my very first book, Preserve Us a Nation, right from our national anthem. But then he went on and said, and this be our motto, in God is our trust. Then, he said, the star-spangled banner in triumph shall wave o'er the land of the free and the home of the brave. The star-spangled banner is not waving over the land of the free and the home of the brave today, friends. In fact, I am looking at the picture of our White House right now on two sides of the columned portico is an American flag flanking a rainbow pride flag in the middle on our nation's White House. Can you imagine a greater desecration? That's a worse desecration than burning the American flag, friends. 
because it's using the American flag standing for righteousness and truth and courage and justice, using it to support that which God hates. It is the ultimate mockery. And our president has inaugurated it. Team Biden violated the U.S. flag code itself and abandoned the nation's biblical roots in its display of the rainbow-colored pride flag during a celebration on the White House lawn over the weekend. They had the most desecrating, vile things take place under the apparent approval of Joe Biden. The U.S. flag codes requires the American flag to be in the center of any display featuring multiple flags or pennants. Senator Roger Marshall from Republic, uh, from Kansas called the moving of the American flag to the side a disgrace. Cheryl Cumbly, Chumley, who's been on this program in the past, said displaying the pride flag at all at the White House is just pure evil. Is she right? Would you agree with her? If you would not agree with her, why? And if you would agree with her, why? You see, we need to ask these why questions. And quite frankly, I believe that what we're doing here today is the most patriotic thing that can be done. We're not waving the flag. We're going beyond the symbol and talking about the substance. The substance is what the flag represents. When we pledge allegiance to the flag and to the republic for which it stands, you see, the flag stands for something. It's not an idol. The flag has to represent something. And if the something that it supposedly represents has been desecrated, demeaned, and become an engine of mockery against the God who made and preserved as a nation, the flag itself becomes blasphemous and demeaned. Are you beginning to hear the problem? This has gone way, friends, way beyond what most Christians and their pastors really are considering. This is not primarily a political issue. The politics are the consequence flowing from spiritual mockery. That's what it is, spiritual mockery. When former... DOJs, Deputy Assistant Attorney Generals, declare yesterday that what is happening in the current administration under color of law is actually so corrupt that it cannot be corrected. The only hope, they said, is through the House of Representatives that has the power of the purse to defund, defund either all or part of the FBI, all or part of the Department of Justice or Injustice, all or part of the 
uh, IRS, and all of these agencies that are being used to blasphemously mock God under color of presidential authority. I'd I'd say that's a pretty serious indictment. You see, this is not primarily about Donald Trump. Donald Trump just happens to be the individual that's taking the heat for all of this mockery. Not because he is such an intensely righteous individual any more than you are. Because we're all sinners and come short and need a Savior. Every one of us. Including every pastor in America. Including yours truly. The ultimate patriots in our country are those that are standing for the word, will, and ways of God. Not with anger and vitriol and violence, but willing to stand and having done all to stand to stand. So when Donald J. Trump comes out and he says, I do not, it's not, the the problem is not that I'm being uh, tried, that they're bringing these uh, charges against me, He said, I'm going to continue to stand no matter what. They're not going to deter me from standing for what is right and just for my country. Is Donald Trump America's savior? No. We only have one savior, my friends. Jesus Christ, the righteous. But he's being booted out of this country. He's been booted out in large measure, not only by certain elements of of the political realm and of the justice or injustice realm, but even within our churches. And I'm not talking just about liberal churches. We're going to get to that. I hope you'll be able to stay tuned, friends, because what we're talking about here is something so profound and something so egregious in the mind and heart of God, that the entire existence of our nation is on the line. Not because of Russia, not because of China, not because of North Korea, not because of Iran, but because of ourselves. We have become the enemy of our country. The book, Renewing the Soul of America. It's a book that is going to encourage you by ch- and challenge you at the same time. There's a reason why 38 national Christian leaders have endorsed this book. What a book to present on Flag Day. It's the ultimate kind of book to present on Flag Day because it helps us to understand, to interweave our history as a people, our background, the vision of the country, the history of the country, including both the spiritual and political founding of the country, and then look at the last third of the book that sets the stage and the tone for what must happen if we have any hope of change. Oh, and it's pretty explicit. And it affects you. It's, it's about you. It's about me. Not about them. 
The pagans are still pagans, friends. Those in utter and total and rancid rebellion are still going to be in utter and total and rancid rebellion. But if God is going to get any handle on this country again, it's going to have to be through those who profess his name. And for now, he can't get a handle on us. We don't want him to handle us. We're going to do it ourselves. We're a bunch of Frank Sinatras. I'll do it my way. An $18 book, yours for $15. Very inspiring. Very inspiring. That's why 38 national Christian leaders endorsed it. They said, this is the hope of America, if we have the courage to implement it. Those are the words of Pat Robertson, who endorsed the book and now is deceased as of this week. It's on our website, saveus.org. Call us, 1-800-SAVE-USA, 1-800-SAVE-USA. Write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Writing a check at $5 for postage and handling. And while you're doing that, consider making a generous donation, friends. Do you not think that we need to get this message out more broadly? And why do you think it might be that last month, people in 180 countries actually listened, not had the opportunity to listen, but actually listened to this program? Why do you think they would do that? Because they see the danger that we're in. That's why. And it's going to affect, and it is affecting the whole world. Please, take this seriously. We'll be right back. Why are progressives moving to queer the Bible? That's right, to queer the Bible. We'll be right back. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by his spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. What do you think it means to mock God? That's what we're talking about here today on Viewpoint. What does it mean to mock God? Does it mean to make fun of him? Well, maybe. But that's not the fundamental biblical orientation of the, of, of the meaning of mock. 
where the Bible says, don't be deceived, God cannot be mocked. What a man reaps, he's going to sow. What does it mean to mock God? Obviously, God can be mocked. He is being mocked. He's being mocked in the very heart and soul of our country. He's being mocked by the leadership that we, the people, voted on to place in office, and we mocked God by electing them. Because we knew what they were like. Didn't matter. Didn't matter. As they say, you get the leaders you deserve. Didn't matter. Because we had our reasons, didn't we? You say, well, I didn't vote for this, that, or the other. We, the people, did. Apparently, that's what they say anyway. Basically, a person mocks God when they think they can live apart from his laws, from his word, his will, and his ways. You see, you you can plant marigold seeds, and they're not going to result in pansies. You can plant carrot seeds, and they're not going to grow squash. We mock God if we think we can jump out of a tree and defy the law of gravity. We mark God when we engage in sodomy and think we're not going to get AIDS or some other horrible condition. When God says that's exactly what you're going to get right there in Romans chapter 1. We mock God if we can fool God, if we think we can fool God, because we can fool others. We mock God if we think we're more intelligent, more forward-thinking, or more advanced than his word. We mock God's word if we think or try to change it in some way, in whole or in part. The problem is that God's word has always been the same, and God's always been the same. He says, I change not. So he can't be mocked in that sense. When people break his laws, there are always going to be consequences that they may not follow immediately. And that's why a lot of people think they can get by with it. How many people engaged in sodomy before the AIDS came around? How many people are engaging in fornication and adultery and illicit sex only to discover eventually that they had an STD? So, you know, this is not just true for the shooters out there or the people in the bars. This is the people in the church, my friends. Because truth cannot be a lie. So there are always going to be people who want to be loved in this world. We want to be loved. We want to be accepted. We don't want to be looked down upon. And so we conform. And we gradually conform and gradually accept until finally mocking God becomes acceptable. We just don't call it mocking anymore. We call it reasoning. Modern reasoning. Or we might call it science. And then we have a California state senator who told a crowd of parents yesterday to flee the state of California during a hearing on a bill which would put parents who don't affirm their child's gender transition in danger of child abuse charges. 
He said, leave this state. Senator Scott Wilk in Santa Clarita is the lone Republican in California's Senate Judiciary Committee. He served in California legislature for 11 years. He was the lone voice warning against the language of this bill, which a Democratic senator had amended on June 5th to rewrite California's family code to list gender affirmation alongside a child's need for health, safety, and welfare. Do you realize what's happening, friends? This is an effort under color of law to compel parents to blaspheme God by causing their children to accept the LGBTQ plus agenda. Pure wickedness. Pure wickedness. No wonder the attorney Tom Fitton of Judicial Watch said that the U.S. is in grave danger from within. For centuries, it was conventional wisdom that the Bible condemned homosexuality as sinful and sanctified marriage between a man and a woman. But queer theologians now have been chipping away at the assumption for decades, and today's acceptance of gay or homosexual marriage and queer sexuality is in some measure due to their efforts and their success in recasting the Bible as a queer-affirming text. The mere use of the word queer, friends, should give put you on notice that this is not normal, it's not biblical, it's queer or abnormal. That's what queer means. Now they're trying to make the word queer normal. If we say it enough, it will be accepted as normal. The critical approach to reassessing biblical passages known as queering which stresses Jesus' role as an anti-colonial revolutionary who surrounded himself by the sexually marginalized and other rejected by society, can even go further now, suggests that the, even the Apostle Paul and Jesus' disciples may have been homosexual or that ancient Bible stories pervert the gender binary and validate queer identities. It's unbelievable. And we're not going to go into this in greater depth because what I've shared with you is sufficient to understand what is happening. Students are starting to come out now. Rainbow library programs are rushing the LGBT content to kids as young as five. That's what's happening. It is mockery of the God who made and preserved us a nation and who created you and me in his image, male and female, created he us. A gender studies professor defended her decision to give a student a failing grade on an assignment because she, that is the student, used the term biological woman, claiming the phrase perpetuates systemic harm. 
So the teacher, the professor said, you cannot use the term biological woman. Olivia Krolzik, a student at the University of Cincinnati, made a viral video discussing how her unnamed professor had awarded her a zero on an assignment in which she had argued that biological men or transgender women have an unfair advantage over biological women when they compete on the same sports team. It's obvious. But the teacher responded saying, your right to free speech and debate ends when you are intentionally or unintentionally participating in a systemic harm of some kind. She said this is unacceptable based on the community, the marginalized individuals that are at stake, and also the foundations of the course. So in other words, the course can mock God, the course can mock everything we know scientifically about humanity, about male and female, but it doesn't matter. The level of mockery now and the justification of mockery is so great that it overrides all reason. And in case you are a baseball fan, Catholic bishops in the United States are calling for prayers and acts of reparation ahead of the Los Angeles Dodgers Pride Night featuring an anti-Catholic group of drag performers posing as religious sisters. That's intended to take place on Dodgers Pride Night, June 24th, the same historic day that Roe v. Wade was overturned. The Los Angeles Dodgers are engaged in clear blasphemy against God. Behind the scenes, the latest move is that what's happening to Anheuser-Busch and Target and some of these other countries, uh, companies is now beginning to happen to baseball, and they're afraid. The problem is that in their hearts, they're still mocking God. To mock God is to disrespect, dishonor, or ignore him. It is a serious offense committed by those who have no fear of God. So, let's apply this to ourselves. The whole LGBTQ agenda developed out of one development in our country. The sexual revolution of the 1960s. It culminated legally with Ronald Reagan and his No-Fault Divorce Act in California in 1968. From that moment, divorce that had been very, very limited in this country became normalized. The very thing that God said he hates. And the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. And evil is that 
which is against God's word, in whole or in part. That's evil. So divorce is evil from God's viewpoint. There's no arguing around it. It's just evil. God hates it. He knows what it does. He talked about it to the religious leaders of of, uh, the day just 400 years before Jesus came on the scene. In Malachi chapter 2, you ought to read it. He calls it treason, treachery, three times. Jesus said, whoever divorces their spouse causes them to commit adultery. And whoever marries the one so divorced commits adultery. What do you say? You say, yes, but? You have rationalized mocking the God of creation. That's what you did. You may have done it because your pastor helped you to mock it by approving what you did, by helping to normalize it in the church. So pastors and parachurch leaders and so on, authors, broadcasters and so on, have been complicit in laying the foundation for what we're experiencing now in terms of the entire LGBTQ plus movement. It started with divorce. It never would have developed if we had not gone ahead and agreed with the culture instead of Christ. Then came remarriage, which was always seen within the church as adultery. Always, unless your spouse was had passed away. And then we began to call it answers to prayer. I'm sorry, friends, to have to put it so bluntly, but can you see why God might be looking at us who profess his name as the only hope for the salvation of this country as a nation? For righteousness alone, alone exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people, including God's people. The book, Renewing the Soul of America, $15. It'll encourage your heart. It's on our website, saveus.org. This is Flag Day. You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home. 